everybody, and welcome back to the State of Play podcast. I am your host, Martino Puccio. Joined alongside me for the moment is Pep Arisha. Hopefully, Matt Santangelo can join us uh, somewhere along uh, the episode. This is Premier League Football Week, Pet. I mean, it it's is. back now. This question: We are back. How did it feel as quick as it was to you? Yes, considering when last so season quick. ended. Well, it is quicker than usual, right? Like, mm-hmm. we're starting, I think, a week earlier than usual? Uh, um, for the Premier League, I, I believe. So, Premier yeah. League and, and France are usually ahead of everybody. Yeah. Um, so, Italy, they're always behind, which they are again. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. I must plug, though, for this Premier League season, and for this football season in general, I've made a new account on Twitter. Because I hate the Twitter algorithm. And I'll explain this, right? Let's say you're a Milan fan, right? Which you are. If you tweet or comment on a tweet about, let's say, Juventus, right, you will Mm. then get spammed stuff on your feed about Mm. just Juventus for, like, a while until you stop. Like, if you click, like, don't show me this or whatever, which is crazy, right? And because of, like, what I do with work and, uh, you know, stuff like that, sometimes I'll tweet about, like, I don't know, Erling Haaland and mm-hmm. I'll just get loads of City, German Bundesliga stuff, and stuff about Haaland. And I'm like, all I wanted to do is tweet one thing about football, and it just completely ruins your, just ruins the feed, ruins the kind of algo. So I decided to make a new one, at AFC Pet, obviously Arsenal Football Club, Pet, P-E-T. So definitely follow me over there. I'm sure Martino's going to give me a shout-out in the next couple of weeks. There, That's such followers. a... You literally what? sound like you're at Arsenal's pet. Yeah, exactly. It sounds like a 15-year-old. So is it true that Mesut Ozil funneled your salary? Or... <laughs> See, I know. That was that was pretty solid. Um, never forget when he saved your mascot. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Probably the only thing that you were fond of him about. But yeah, the Premier League is back. And, and, and it's so soon. There's been a, a good amount of turnover, in my opinion, within, yeah. the, within feels, the league. It feels quite fresh. Ah. Uh, to an extent, I, th- I think we all know who's winning again. <laughs> Barring, <laughs> well, a... listen, they have a lot less depth, right? Um, yes, City, absolutely, so... abso- absolutely. But that's why you go and pay who they pay, right? Yeah, so, like, like, that's go ahead. It, it is still very contingent on him probably not getting injured. Look, mm. would City still win the league if they had Kevin De Bruyne force nine? Probably, right? Like, they probably would still win the league. They're that good. It looks like they're missing out on Kukurea, though. So, so I guess should we should we start there? Should we do like? We'll go, I think we start with the defending champions. We go with yeah. last league, Let, uh, last go, year's league. Order. Let's go with last, like in order of mm-hmm. like last year's league. So, if we look at Man City, I still think they're coming top. You know, they have three of the top kind of ten centre backs in the league. I think, or at least definitely two, like Diaz and Laporte, and then Stones is excellent on the ball as well. Carl Walker's. Just, you know, man mountain, can't get around him. Cancelo is probably the best left back and maybe right back in the league, you know, um, apart from mm-hmm. probably Trent. So mm-hmm. still look really solid there. They've probably downgraded in backup goalkeeper because the American dude's gone and they've got a guy from... Zach Steffen. <laughs> yeah, Zach Steffen's gone and they've gotten a dude from Armenia Field? I can't remember his name. This is really bad of me. Um, <laughs> so maybe they've downgraded slightly there. Fernandinho's gone. Jesus is gone. Sterling's gone. Zinchenko's gone. And they have only really got 
and I say only really, but like Haaland and Alvarez to show for it. Now, that's obviously amazing, but I do still feel the the kind of variability and flexibility that you get with a Gabriel Jesus and a Raheem Sterling means you probably need another winger, right? You need another mm. player that can play wide forward and they probably need another central midfield option. But look, I, I think they're going to win it again. I think when Pep gets into his groove and he starts like winning titles, you, you just know he doesn't stop. And yeah, three in a row was amazing. And I think it's going to be a... It was three in a row, right? And I think it's going to be another two in a row. Sorry, I think he's going to make it three in a row, uh, and that would be a great achievement and the first time since Sir Alex, right? Correct. That would be because no one really has had that type of dominance, and that's just even you talking about the consecutive titles. Not even listen. Oh. Liverpool thoroughly deserved that title, but the amount of injuries that they had was insane uh, that year uh, for City. I think Julian Alvarez is going to be someone that's vastly underrated by a good amount of people. He's going to be able to play on the right side, at least, of the wing. Um, he already made an impact scoring in the community shield, but again, that's that's just that. I, I think it's obviously contingent upon how many games Erling Holland plays and how many goals he scores. There is the positive note, <laughs> well, for Manchester City's point of view, that Holland is not going to the World Cup because Norway did not qualify. So at least he has that bit of rest on his body, even to say if he were to be banged up, right? Because all the leagues are stopping in early November, teams prep for the World Cup, and then we're back around for New Year's. And for me... Jesus and Sterling are massive losses if you really just add up all the goal-scoring contributions uh, on top of the consistency of of the both of them. Holland is going to have to score at least 22 goals in the league. Uh, And and for the record, I think he's going to do that with a breeze. I mean, I I know it's the Community Shield and I know he missed some chances, but he he had 1.5 XG against Liverpool. Like, I mean, yeah, he, he positioned himself fantastic. The finishing was horrendous, sure. But if he's going to be a horrendous finisher, let it be a, in a useless <laughs> trophy in July, right? Like, yeah, who, who cares? but like, we're, we're not even going to remember we are, that. We are probably talking about the best finisher in the world, right? Or, or one of, definitely one of. I'd say he's he's definitely up there. The best uh, in the Prem, I, I would think at this uh, point. Like, I, I, I think him, him or Ronaldo. Son, him, Son, Kane, Ronaldo, I, I think they're always going to massive. Well, especially Son, Ronaldo and him are always going like, to massively overperform. Yeah, I just think that he is gonna he is gonna score a lot of goals. He's gonna have the break. Him and Salah are both gonna have the break in the World Cup during the World Cup. That's gonna be good for their bodies. So, yeah, I think no change for City. Yeah, I, I see them winning this. All right, so Liverpool. Second, so yeah, <laughs> Liverpool. I am not really high on them. I, I'm really not. I I think they're a top four team, but as far as chasing the title, this is not gonna go as deep into the final match day as it did this past season. No, I'd be surprised. Uh, this is a thin midfield. Losing Sadio Mane is massive. Darwin had a nice debut, but it really wasn't that impressive, in my opinion. I think it's going to take some time for him to adapt. Yeah. Sala is Sala. I think Virgil this season is going to be even better than last because his body is, you know, I think he's got more Finally rest. Ready, yeah. He's adjusting to it. I think that was well expected. Listen, their fullbacks are their fullbacks. It's one of the greatest duos we've seen in in the past. I guess a century to to just make it easier. Yeah. I I I think that Jota's 
Jota's fine. Firmino's fine. I don't really have any qualms about the attack. That I midfield, I guess about... you have to expect a lot out of Harvey Elliott, right? Uh, I, yeah, I, I think that the one thing I'd say about Liverpool is there are only a few players that I look at and think they're going to kick on this season. Do you know what I mean? Like, Luis Diaz, Harvey Elliott is one of them. I like the the guy that they've brought from Fulham. Carvalho. Carvalhoola. He looks really lively and good, but again, like, championship, different, different ball game. I think... Canate is going to have a step up again this season, but also oh, if he's not so like talented. a if he's not like an undeniable starter, I think that you know does that really make that much of a difference? Naby Keita, Chamberlain, Henderson, a really injury prone Thiago, who I think has basically only had one good season in the Premier League. Fabinho is obviously amazing, but you know, surprised they haven't really. They were a disaster when Fabinho went down. Yeah, I'm, I'm just surprised they haven't gone for another central midfielder. I really am. Whether it's... I know they've got Milner again for another year and he can fill in out a few positions, but I really am shocked that they haven't gone for... And I don't exactly know who that player is, but they need someone else in there as another option. They wanted a box-to-box midfielder in Shuameni, and he wanted Shuameni, to go to, to um, Real Madrid. So. They've been linked with uh, Nunes from um, Sporting Lisbon. Uh, mm. Shout out all the Portuguese listeners for me pronouncing that correctly. They haven't really gone and got that player. Which is which is? Do you do you agree with that strategy of a hundred million euros for Darwin Nunes, who I don't think is worth that money? Do, well, do I trust Liverpool in their scouting? Sure, but no. when I see some of the other holes that they have, and what's the goal? Is this I, I, team good so, enough to win the Champions League next year? I, I don't know. Well, look, like the best team doesn't always win the Champions League, right? Uh, Real Madrid were definitely not the best team last year. Um, we can point to like several of those examples, like when Liverpool beat Milan, they weren't the best team, et cetera, et cetera. When Arsenal got to the final and they almost beat Barcelona, they weren't the best team. I think you you don't always have to be the best team. Obviously, it gives you a better chance. And the reason why Real Madrid won three in a row was because they had some of the best players of all time. Again, this is an aside. The Darwin Nunes thing, I think it was kind of like, okay, you either have to give Sadio Mane 350k a week, which is, let's call it, 17.5 million a year, pounds, Mm -hmm. right? For three years or four years, whatever it was. I think he wanted a four-year deal. Um, So that's kind of like a 60, 70 million pound expenditure over four years. They've then gone and spent that up front on Darwin and probably given him, what, less than £5 million a year. That's probably the mass that they've done. And also, you can't go into a season with both Mane and Salah um, with a year less of their contract. They already kind of tried to do like a bit of the planning with Luis Diaz. And I think Darwin's that next player to try and help them there. So, well, I mean, I, I, they look, did extend Salah, so you yeah, that yeah, 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 exactly. But the, what I mean is, like, the situation they were in, they were like, okay, we either let both these guys go, sell both of them, or keep one and sell the other. What happened is they kept the guy that is more productive, probably the better player, the more important one, I'd say. I, I didn't, towards the end of the season, I, I know a lot of people said, like, Sadio Mane playing false nine was great. I didn't think he was good. I thought he was actually really bad in the final as well. The false nine thing made it so much easier for defenders to be up against him and just like let him go into that kind of deep space rather than, you know, when he's out wide, he's devastating. When Firmino came on in that Champions League final, he looked so much better out wide. And yeah, I, I'm kind of curious to see how he does at Bayern. I'm sure he'll do really, really well because that, 
that league's a lot easier to score in. But um, I, I think Liverpool will be a little bit worse. I do think they're still going to be second, though. I, I still think they've just got the firepower. They've got Salah, who's, you know, with De Bruyne, the best player in the in the league. They are, and they've got Virgil van Dijk, who's the best centre-back in the league. They've got the best goalkeeper in the league. They've got the best right-back in the league. They're still going to be second, in my opinion. Yeah, I, it's, I, I think it's because of where we're going next with this, with Chelsea and the other competition. I just don't think they're up to par depth-wise and experience. So we'll go Chelsea. Down year for me. They, they Yes. Uh, they don't have a goal scorer or a reliable one in that. I mean... I mean, rel- down year positionally, not necessarily points total. Like, I think they could easily get 74 points or 70 points and not come... They're definitely... I don't think they're going to be the third-best team in the league. This... I don't care what the memes are with Barcelona and who Barcelona <laughs> took as targets and this and that. I mean, losing out on Jules Koundé, sure. Koulibaly is a, a great signing. I don't great care. Like, that's going to that's gonna be an immediate impact. I don't care what anyone tells me. He's catapulted. the. That's a top five center back in the league, in yeah. my opinion. So you add that. I think getting Carney is is a nice move for the long term. Because again, we but have is to it, kind is of... It, though, like... Who was the last player that Chelsea developed that they bought? As sure, sure. But my next point was we have to give new onus to this ownership. Like, I mean, we don't know what they're going to be like. Yeah, it's gonna. It's a different Roman Abramovich era. Well, it seems you very know, skittish to me, and very. They need a sporting director. Yeah, I think this is kind of an embarrassing zero, the, way, the way this negotiation. There Absolutely isn't. There's like strategy. we have one name. We're honing in on him. If we can't get him, it kind of seems like they're like scrambling in a sense, you know, because it's like Kimpembe uh, was another name that was linked to them. Uh, now it's Fofana, correct? Yeah. Uh, another one that they're, that they're looking at. And it's kind of like... I can in- I can encapsulate it with one line, right? Mm-hmm. The two worst run teams in the league currently, apart from Everton. <laughs> <laughs> Everton is... Apart so from bad. Everton. And maybe now Leicester, considering they're in FFP oh, trouble. Goodness. Yes. They are both trying to take... Barcelona's biggest salary off their table. Think about that for a second. Yeah. They're trying to take a player from Barcelona who has not done well, who was bought for a record fee from the Eredivisie. Yeah. But no, as a record export from the Eredivisie, right? He was more than... Yeah. I, thought they were, I thought they were the same. I thought oh, it was around the, the same. Maybe they were the same. Maybe they were like around 70 million euro with depends, bonuses. Depends either on, way... Depends on who you believe, right? Like the whatever the reporting is. Sure. He's on... 20 million euros a year, whatever, whatever the crazy number is. And Chelsea and United are both like, that is the guy for us. I just, it reeks of having no strategy. And I really feel that although Chelsea have some great players. I don't players, think it reeks for, for United. I, I get the United point. Chelsea, mm. <laughs> I, do, you I have to, do they have to pay the deferred salary? Do they agree I, to take on that? <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure how that I, I don't know if that's even legal. Like <laughs> well, well, because um, well, because in American sports, for example, in in baseball, we just had the trade deadline. Sometimes when you send another player, transfer another player to an opposing team, and they have a massive salary, the team that had that player initially agrees to pay a portion of that salary. So, uh, X players owed forty million dollars. They'll be like, we'll pay half of it. So you could, you know, I mean, I guess it's kind of similar to how PSG is handling this Wijnaldum situation, where they're paying half the fee. I mean. You could even see your guys do that with Pepe if he were to go somewhere else. You pay a portion of the side. but again, that's totally different with the deferred. Yeah, uh, I, sense. I, I, I don't know. My, I guess my overall overall point is like Chelsea. They've given Raheem Sterling a three hundred fifty k six year contract. 
Um, he could fall off a cliff at any time, considering he's been there. Yes. He's been playing uh, for, since he was like, like seventeen. Yes, yeah, since he was sixteen. Um, I think it's a risky transfer. They still don't have a, a re- like. He's going to be their top scorer probably. I think having Reese James and Chilwell back is good. I mean, losing Rudiger. Obviously, you gain Kulibaly. Christensen. They lost Christensen. They're probably going to have to give up Colwell to pay fifty million pounds for Kukurea, which is just a crazy fee. Which I think is, they'll have. I think oh, they'll have a down year. And obviously, Kante Jorginho had a really bad season last season. Mm-hmm. Kante couldn't stay fit. Kovacic couldn't stay fit. Who's their best central midfielder? They need another central midfielder. They've obviously got Conor Gallagher back. I watched him in preseason against Arsenal. This is not Crystal Palace, my friend. You have to actually be on the ball and pass the ball, and he just can't do it. Mason Broha. Broha, they're trying to get out of the door, though, right? Are they? Are they? I've they, seen conflicting reports, which well, they, is like really. They, well, West Ham were very much in for him, like mm-hmm. categorically true, and they were going to sure. do it. And then they went and got Skameka. So there we have it. Okay. So, so you know, if we're saying Chelsea go down out third, where do we think they'll finish? I think fourth. Okay. I think fourth. I'll t- I, I have a team in mind for third, and it's going to surprise you, I think, maybe. What, <laughs> what, what do you think about Tottenham, apart from them being shit? Um, <laughs> listen, I think there's a lot of hype surrounding this, and I know Antonio Conte better than most, I would say, or just I guess just being an Italian football watcher. Why is everyone guaranteeing that they're going to be a lock for top four when this guy struggles with multiple competitions on a consistent basis and they didn't drastically improve that depth? Like, where's the logical thinking coming in here that Antonio Conte is just... Like, I said when they hired him, right, that they were finishing top four because they weren't going to be involved in a lot of competitions, right? And it was just Antonio Conte is familiar with the Premier League and he gets one time a week and... I would you are is there an argument against Son being the best Premier League player in 2022 last season? No, oh, there is definitely isn't. one he, of yeah. He, he was I thought he was clearly the best. If you want to make arguments for other players, sure, but like he carried Spurs. So now they need that replicated. They need him to be healthy for an entire season. Harry Kane, I think will be fine. That's someone you can rely upon. Kulusevsky, sure, I like him. Center backs. I mean, I understand it's under Antonio Conte, but why are we why are we so sure of this? And Perisic is a good addition. I think he's going to be play well there. But for me, when we see how Spurs juggle all these competitions and Antonio Conte's track record, I don't understand. It's got to be one or the other. They crash out of the Champions League drastically early, or they do terrible in the Premier League and make a decent run in the Champions League. I, I I just not do terribly in the Premier League. I think they fall short of their goals of top four. I, I'm off on Spurs in that sense. I, mm. And they're not a bad team. I'm just talking about the condensed schedule, Antonio Conte and how he works on short weeks, and the lack of depth they have. To me, there's too many question marks for a team like that. I, I just I don't like it. Yeah, I, do you know what? I go back and forth on this, right? As begrudging as I am in saying this, I like some of the signings. I think that I think Richarlison was a lot of money, but don't underestimate how important a player that can play in all three of those four positions fairly well is. I think the one issue I've got is Kane and Son, as amazing as they are, they are on the wrong side of the age curve and. At some point, those two guys are no longer going to start 60 games in a Premier League season together. It's just like, it's just the way football works, right? They can't do it. Not everyone's Ronaldo, not everyone's Jamie Vardy. Like, it's at some point, and considering the injuries that Kane's had, 
you'd probably bet and the body type he's got, you'd bet on him not doing a Jamie Vardy and not doing a Ronaldo, right? Um, so, yeah, I um, I think they're going to come fourth. Okay. Or third. <laughs> I'm I'm quite scared of saying that Arsenal could come third or fourth because, I mean, that's where we're going. I mean, everyone is talking about Gabriel Jesus and they're talking about Zinchenko, rightly so, great signings. But Martina, I've been watching William Saliba and... I think he might be the best centre-back in the world. Obviously, I'm joking, but the guy is incredible. Like, he's a colossus of a centre-back. He lets you play like Liverpool do, just two at the back, and if anyone wants to attack, try it. It's impossible to get around him. He is just unbelievable. I think he's going to be one of the top three Young Player of the Year candidates. In, in this, I wouldn't be shocked if DB wins it. I wouldn't be shocked if he's in like the team of the season. Like I genuinely think he's that good and he's going to shock people. And for the first time, when a player comes back from loan for Arsenal or from injury, Arsene Wenger used to say it's like a new signing. But this time, it really does feel like a new signing. I mean, he, he literally is. is oh. He is crazy good. And people are going to be shocked, I think. Yeah, I have you third. That's what, uh, where I was going. I don't think Europa League should be something of great desire to win. You can go deeper in that. That's great. I think the main question mark would 100% be where the Thomas Party situation lies. I, I think that's just... I'm not going to get into it too much, but if we're just talking about football, like if, if Party isn't there, that's a massive dent for them. For area that you also sign, there's some physicality question marks that I think are fair to say, considering he's built and how the he's Premier League is. very slight, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, I'm not to say he's going to be a poor player. I think those question marks are fair in the midfield, but the defense has greatly improved. Zinchenko's an upgrade. Again, when some people like look at these situations and signings, they're like, oh, Zinchenko isn't that great. So therefore, Arsenal isn't. But it's like, no, Arsenal massively upgraded at the left back position. So that's an upgrade for Arsenal, who just finished fifth. So you have to factor that in. Jesus is the best goal scorer you've had since Van Persie, in my opinion. I don't, I don't know if that's too dramatic to say. Maybe Aubameyang, uh, but I think this current version and the outlook over time. I think I th not the. I think I'd agree with you in saying like not the. I don't know if he'll get as many goals as Aubameyang because his record was actually excellent. But I do think he's the best player as a striker, like as a. I goal think scorer. his hold up, his build up, oh, game he's is way just, better. He's just unbelievable. I, I think I think that addition is insane. And again, this is the same narrative I kind of beat over the head with with Milan when I talk to people. It's like Arsenal is such a young squad and got so close to achieving a goal they wanted. All of those youngsters are now a year older and a year more experienced. Mikel Arteta is more seasoned as a manager than he was before, and he deserves credit for it. I think just where they're at and the expectations and the youngsters that they have will benefit them more as opposed to these other sides. I'm not saying they're a lock. I could just see a scenario in which Arsenal finished third and whatever, like might as well just say something like that. I think that you're going to have to make January editions as well. But I, I think the direction in which you're headed in and the talent that's on the pay, like Saka has to be a top eight player in the Premier League this season. I think that's a fair, I think that's a fair thing to ask of him for them to finish that high. Yeah. And I think he, uh, I think he was probably the second best winger or right winger in the league apart from um, 
Salah last season. Mares, uh, I don't know, if, like doesn't always start, and Mahrez, it's a lot easier Mahrez. to play for to play for Man City, isn't it? But it's still, still great. And just on time to talk about Manchester United, Matt Santangelo has <laughs> joined. So Matt, we're just going down the last season's table and predicting whether or not teams will finish higher or lower, trying to give a prediction in the Premier League. Man United, I, I, I called them the... Look, if Chelsea's, if Chelsea's transfer strategy is skittish, Man United's is fucking crazy. I'll explain why. How can you have a coach that's never performed in a league outside of the Eredivisie, which is one of the weakest leagues in kind of the top 10 of Europe, come in and completely dictate your transfer policy by saying, I want only former Ajax players or Ajax players. They've got Martinez, they wanted Brian Bobby, they want Frankie de Jong. It is crazy. They are going to go into the season with Ronaldo, who doesn't want to be there as their only recognised player who can put the ball in there. They're going into the season with Marcus Rashford with one of your two years left on his deal, say with Martial, uh, Fred has a year left on his deal, Pogba's just gone on a free, they've not bought another central midfielder, I think Sancho will probably kick on. Looking at the centre-backs, Varane and Maguire, I think mean, they can't get worse, can they? They've let Dean Henderson go on, go on loan, so now they've got Tom Heaton as a backup to David well, who, do, who, do, who does the Sancho Mar- Martinez start over? <sighs> I mean, take your pick, take, right? Take out <laughs> Harry. You easily take out Harry. Yeah, I mean, I've honestly got no idea. I, 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 th- I, I think he'll play some left-back. I know that he's been brought in to play centre-back, but if you consider that they're just getting rid of Alex Tellers, I think he's going to Sevilla, then I think he's also going to be playing some left-back. So, Santangelo, yeah, that's your window. I was just going to say, Martino, we've got um, Man United, who are actually better odds to finish in the top four than Arsenal. Where do we think they'll finish? Do you think it's going to be a secure six for them? I don't think they're top four. I think that's that's a given, in my opinion. That Ronaldo situation is kind of disaster. I think that they're fifth. I think they're sixth. If they come fifth, they've had an amazing year. I'm genuinely. I, think, not I, I don't. Out of all Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs, Liverpool, and City, the consensus is with everyone in here. I would say they're all they're behind all of them. Yeah, and I think that's what's going to happen. The real question is, what other team potentially sneaks up? Ahead of them is it well, West Ham? It, well, it's not going to be Leicester because they have no, to sell everyone. No. Leicester's um, not even going to finish top ten. Probably not going to be Brighton because they have to sell Kakuria. It's um, either going to be Newcastle or West yeah, Ham. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I think the highest United finish, unless Antonio Conte implodes, is sixth. But you know they could face competition from West Ham and Newcastle. Like I'm genuinely serious. I'm not like messing around here. I. I really am bearish on Man United this season. And there's nothing wrong with that. Go ahead, Santangelo. What do you think of the whole outlook of the top six, at least, so we get your take on it? I think it's pretty clear um, who, at least you already know kind of what half the top four is going to look like, you know, particular order. You know City's going to be there. You know Liverpool's going to be there. I think Spurs project, they came on really strong last year. And without Conte having the luxury of his guys being able to start from the onset, Right, I know they made the acquisitions of Benton Core and Kulisevsky, who who really made uh, big impacts early on, and then they've added Perisic, they've added Richarlison. They seem to me like a team that's going to make a top four run. They throw everything out uh, how Conte does European competition. He knows how to to achieve what he needs to achieve domestically, 
So I think they're going to be a top four team. So what does that leave? That leaves one more spot, right? Is it Chelsea? Is it Arsenal? Can Man United somehow pick it up? I'm not sure. I'm not seeing it. So I think that one spot's going to be very intriguing to, to watch the, the rest of the season. But top six, I mean, I think with the one thing that happens with the Premier League, unlike any other league, is that even the teams that, you know, don't really have such big pedigree, because of the fact that they do have the luxury of financial riches, they can immediately overhaul their squad and make a push. We've seen West Ham make big strides. We've seen Wolves make make, make a, big, a push towards being a European side. So I think there's a real risk that Manchester United really fall down to the team they were years prior, right? More so than a team that's aiming for, for silverware. They were in that little period where they were kind of a very mediocre side. A lot of old and older players, their transfer policy was was washed. They didn't really have a direction. Coaches coming in and out, players really not fitting the ethos and really a vision of what they wanted to achieve. So I think this can be a real, real problem for uh, Manchester United going forward. I I, I do think there's a, a risk that they don't finish in the top five, top six. Mm-hmm. I really do believe that because I think of the competitive landscape of the Premier League, I think is only thickening with teams like Newcastle, teams mm. like Leeds being able to spend money and have an identity and at least some sort of plan as to what type of football yeah. they want to play and what type of project they want to run. Oh, that's that's all, all fairly good. I, I agree with most of that, apart from Spurs being good. Um, <laughs> let's talk West Ham then. So obviously they have done what not many Premier League teams do and buy an actual Italian player and not just that, an actual Italian striker. So... They've gone and got him. I think late reports last night that they were going for Seku Fafana. They've gotten the uh, Aguerd as well from France. So some decent pickups from West Ham. They've been linked with uh, Zielinski as well, the Napoli central midfielder, who I'm a big fan mm. of. So it looks like they're going to keep Declan Rice and Jared Bowen as well. Antonio's still going to be there. They're still going to have Kurt Zuma. They're going to still have Cresswell and... Do we think they can do better than seventh this season with those additions, or do you think that's uh, maybe their ceiling? I mean, it was seventh with a good Europa League run as well. Yeah, I yeah, you it was know it was it wasn't just uh, just that. I I'm really curious. So Santangelo was was who I really want to ask about this with the Scamaca thing. That's a that's a hefty investment for someone who really just had a solid season with Sassuolo, and then it's a, it's a big leap. It's a big leap, and going about a foreign country he's hasn't had much stability as a player just yet mm. he's i guess relatively young for a striker i think he's just so raw and it's got to take patience and time for him to develop on top of adjusting to a new league a new country it's it's definitely a wild card thing the upside is there there's absolutely a ton of upside for him my question for you is, Matt, I know you thought the move was a year too soon to move, go anywhere. But as far as West Ham in the Premier League, I what do you think the likelihood of this succeeding is? I think it's, I don't, I'm not going to say it's slim because that's going to make it seem like I'm just a hater and I don't rate any player. <laughs> but I, I, I always just kind of wonder and question the success or um, potential success that a player outside of Italy um, or a player... You know, known to Italian football, when he leaves Italian football, goes to the Premier League or Spain. I mean, we've seen it, right? Giri Mobile, he had a fantastic year with Fort Torino. He went to Borussia Dortmund. He flopped. He went to, I think it was Sevilla. He flopped. Came back to Torino, did really well, signed with Lazio, and now you see he's 
put up a bunch of goals on this on on on, on the stat sheet. I, I think that Skamaka is going to be one of those strikers where he maybe scores a couple goals here and there. People say mm-hmm. he does this well, he does that well because they're trying to latch onto something. They're trying to rationalize the figure that they spent on him. But I think when you spend that significant amount of money, maybe thirty-five to forty million, forty plus, forty-two million, the guy's got to be a fifteen to twenty goal scorer, does he not? I, 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 that's that's how I feel about it. Like he's not on the level of Holland. He's not on the level of Lahovic. He's he's not on that level. Is he better than Jonathan David? No, right? Or it's close because David had a horrible twenty twenty two. So yeah, you can put them on the same, uh, maybe on the same on the same level. But mm-hmm. I just I just really worry about players that are really thriving in a, a very uh, offensive minded system that mm. that Skamaka was at Sassuolo on Dionisi, where a lot of players thrive. Right, Simone Zaza. I mean, different coaches, but like more or less Sassuolo type to tend to play that type of football. Simone Zaza, Berardi scores goals. All these guys can score goals. They can generate a lot of goals. Now he's going to a difficult league where it's going to be a different play style. The pressure and expectation that comes with that fee. Can he score 16 goals again in his first year? I don't think I don't see that. I, I just mean, really don't what see I would that say, happening. I'm probably higher than all of us on the player. I do think though that West Ham was a strange move. I think the reason being, if you look at David Moyes historically, he likes physical strikers who can run the channels. So that's why Michael Antonio got converted there. That's why I, I, I thought Armando Broglie seemed like a perfect, perfect signing. If you look at Sebastian Haller, how he mm. struggled, there is a chance that Skamaka struggles. I don't, I, I just like from people I've spoken to who know him well and also know the Premier League well, they're like, yeah, I, like, I don't quite know how that fits. I think, again, if he was, was going to come to Arsenal, Let's say Arsenal didn't re-sign Eddie Nketiah and they went and got another striker and got Skamaka to play back up to to Gabriel Jesus. I think that could have been a better option for him in terms of stylistically and how much kind of attack-minded potential and possession they'd have. But yeah, I'm not 100% set on this one for West Ham. I do really like the player though. But in terms of seventh or higher, again, like chuck him in with a hat with United like I don't really think they're going to be that far apart I think Newcastle United and West Ham are going to be the next like pack behind the top five I think those top five are going to be you know further away but yeah I I think if they do seventh and have a nice European run again I think they'll be happy with that let's set let's set I know Martino's a big betting guy let's set a line here let's set a line here on Skamaka goals legals not all competition goals seven and a half I was gonna say I was gonna say nine. Nine and a half goals. <sighs> under. Under. Really? Look at look at look at the teams he, he scored against, right? I mean, he did score against three of the top four teams. He scored against Inter, he scored against Milan, he scored against Napoli. But a lot of these goals came against really poor sides. A, cu- a few of them being against relegated candidates and relegated teams. So for me, it's like how how much can you step up? And he was scoring in bunches because he started off the season very slow, had a double verse, a brace first Genoa. Then he goes missing for like a month. And then he comes in, scores three in a row, and then he goes missing. It, I, I feel like scoring in bunches is great, but what's the expectation? What are some of the matches that he's going to get put into as well? Yeah, I, I, I think I the, find minute, that the minutes thing is probably the most worrying for me if I was going to make that bet. Like, I, I just don't. The thing is, as well, Antonio is quite injury prone. I do think he's going to get a lot of minutes. 
it's tough. I could see him scoring like seven or 11 goals. You know, I think the line is going to be there or thereabouts, eight or nine. So it makes kind of sense to me. What is, what is the best season that you could see him having? Not saying like, hey, he's going to score like 20 and stun everybody. But what is like a, a massively successful season? Would it be scoring 15? Oh, I mean... I mean, that would be unbelievable, right? Score 15 in the Prem in your first season? I mean, it'd be amazing for him, right? I'm just trying to look at how many goals players scored last season. I mean... I mean, this this was off the best season of his career. I think the year before it was like 13. I mean, look, like, Ivan Tony 12 got total. 12 goals last season, but with penalties. Mm, he's not going to be the penalty taker. So he's probably not going to be the penalty taker, so let's take three or four away from that. Like, yeah, if I think if he gets between... If he gets 10 Premier League goals, I'd say that'd be a great... A, I think that's a good start. I think that'd be a good season uh, I, for I'd, him. I would concede that. But again, I think he's like, you know, like the League Cup, He's going to be in those types of matches. I mm. think. I think that's kind of where he has to settle in, and I think that's where he's going to be going. But as far as West Ham, I think they're going to be right in that conversation with United. I think we could wrap it up with Newcastle, correct? Because we have around well, first of all, six minutes. We'll say Leicester are probably going to Leicester's not even in the top ten. I'm not yeah. even paying them. I mean, look, like they're probably going to sell. Madison, one of the best players, to Newcastle. So that automatically takes Newcastle out of the top 10 and probably pets them in the top 10. Wolves might not be as bad as they were last, you know, that last season, or at least in the second half of last season. And just season. a team that has like a decent stretch and then like just really just yeah. mellows out. Palace might be better. Villa won't be as bad as they were last season. Surely Everton won't be as bad. Like, who knows? Leeds will probably... I, th- I, th- I think Elise is, is a beast. Yeah, I he really like that He's kid. injured to start the season. Thank God. Is he really? Oh. Yeah. But yeah, like Newcastle maybe getting Madison for 50 million. Leicester are also going to have to sell Tielemans probably to Arsenal for 30 million at some point during this window. Jamie Vardy's got a year left. How much longer can you rely on him? Casper Schmeichel's fallen out with uh, Brendan Rodgers. He's Rogers gone, to nice. gone to Nice. Apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which I was told by a good friend of mine prior to it happening. And I was like, I don't believe you. And then it just, like, <laughs> it just literally happened. Uh, and all the news broke. It was funny. Brighton, I mean, they've lost Pesuma. They're going to lose Kukurea. I think they'll, they'd be absolutely amazed if they came 10th or above. So, yeah, yeah I think Newcastle were probably nailed on for 7th or 8th. And then I think you have like Wolves... Palace, Fascinating Villa. though with Newcastle, because yeah. it was like the lowest that you could ever be at one point, and then they were, I think they were like top four in points in twenty twenty. Yeah, it was crazy. So, I mean, the euphoria in the stadium. So after it's the, like the takeover was, it's like was where bad. is like the middle ground? <sighs> yeah, it's, it's what it, what it, what do you think is the best finish, guys, for Newcastle? I think if you gave them sixth. Eight, Eighth now they'd be really? okay. Yeah, they'd they'd be happy. Well, they haven't just they just haven't done that much business. Like, I think they're approaching it smartly. I got to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because if they showed that they didn't have to invest crazily, because they're going to have FFP implications, they're not playing European well, that's, football. Soon. That's reason. That's the reason. Like, exactly. But they play it smart though. There's we see these Premier League sides that put themselves in bad positions because like, hey, we got this Premier League TV money. Let's just like throw a bunch at it at these players, and then it's kind of not organized. I think there's actually some sort of plan here. I know like it sounds stupid that they that they wouldn't have one, but I think they rebounded as well as they could. I think a top eight finish is fantastic for them. I think at worst they're playing Conference League football for 2023-24. 20, 
The reason they've not gone crazy is FFP. I think they'll probably get Madison and then maybe another one at some point. So yeah, Sven Bogman was a, it was a great signing. Oh, well. really good. Can't even, yeah, can't even knock that. By the way, so yeah, same really tangible, I guess you got to get in it. What do you What do you have as your? Give us one through eight if you can, real quick. One through eight. I got. Whew, uh, <laughs> I got. I got City. Okay. Liverpool just okay. too well coached despite losing Mane and. No, mm-hmm. a couple of the players. I have Spurs. Oh, okay, okay. A little different from what we had. Keep going. And then that fourth spot, I think I, it's going to be between Chelsea and Arsenal. It's going to be super tight. I, I think I'm going to actually have to go with... I think I'm actually going to go with Arsenal. Whoa, oh. come on. Oh. North so the, London. The rival squeezing into the top four here. And then obviously you're going to have United, Chelsea... So United ahead of Chelsea, or are you just saying like they're... So Chelsea, yeah. Chelsea is going to be ahead of United, then I got United, okay. then West Ham. I think I'm trying to see if there's maybe like a surprise team. Do I think maybe Newcastle can overachieve? I don't know, maybe a year too soon here. I still think they're trying to lay okay. the groundwork okay. for, for the project. But um, yeah, that's more or less kind of what I think the top six is. I think that, again, those certain spots for like three, four through five and six... Mm-hmm. That's going to be kind of a back and forth seesaw the entire season, but I think it's still going to be like a two horse race with Liverpool and City just kind of running away with it and having a, a stronghold on the league. Mm. Mm. That's very similar to what Pet and I had, yeah. honestly. Outside of Chelsea, not in the top four, I think you had Spurs higher than both of us. I guess to wrap it up, the biggest of transfer news for me, I I think I still think the best piece of business that went down this year is is definitely. Erling Holland to City over the long term. I, I don't know how many can argue that. The best signing of the summer outside of that in the Premier League? Uh boy. I, I, I think, yeah. I was just going to say, I think it's him. It's I, I, don't, be, right? I don't see how where there was a need and price and talent that was met better fit-wise mm. than him to Arsenal. I don't know if you guys disagree. It's not well. the it same, like but it agreed. feels like almost like Virgil van Dijk going to Liverpool. Oh, and also Koulibaly for me. I think yeah, Koulibaly at, at Chelsea is is fantastic. So if and we fantastic. were to do if we were to do top scorer, who would you guys have? I had Holland. I did a I TikTok Holland. on this yesterday for <laughs> But the odds going around, it's like Holland for plus two fifty. And then again, all these other sides and players. I don't think Son is going to repeat what he had. And even if he did it, he's battling with Harry Kane for that. Mo Salah is a winger. I don't see a winger like him winning it on top of like the other players around him. I think it's Holland. Yeah. I really do. I, I, don't, think I, I think Jesus would finish second. Ooh, or with he, Harry he might Kane. not take penalties is the only thing. Okay, so if he's not taking penalties, then that's okay. Who would be the penalty taker? Is it going to I be... think it's probably going to be Saka until he misses. Good for him. That's Matt- a good rebound mentally. I think it's so. I I do agree. I think it's going to be Holland because I think there's going to be a ton of chance creation, and he's just going to feed off that. So he's going to have his games where he doesn't maybe look his best, but he you know gets on the end of a pass and he gets a goal, and you know he kind of pads his his stat stat sheet that way. One of the names of, it's it's interesting. None of you guys have kind of tossed into this conversation would be Darwin Nunez. Mm. I mean. That's that's a huge addition for Liverpool. I know there's a lot of people. I know certain people who are not going to well, mention. Well, them. Pr- well price wise, names. <laughs> price wise, price wise, not that 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 really just fade him. They don't think he's worth this money at all. They don't think he's that great of a striker. I think he'll have a pretty good year. I don't think he's going to have a year that justifies the price tag. Do you think, think he'll score more goals than Skamaka? Mm, yes, 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 definitely. But like by much? Uh yes, by a few. I by at least like five. 
Yeah, I would say so. Maybe like three to five. Well, are we are we counting just the prem here? Or is it all competitions? No, I was going to say prem. prem. Um, okay, if if that's top scorer done with, player of the year, Kevin De Bruyne. I was going to say the same. Holland has a great case. For Holland it, has a great chance. I mean, if he if they win the league, he's the top scorer in the prem. I mean, he'll probably win it, right? Right. It's not I, gonna, I just argued against myself. <laughs> it's not going to go to. I mean, I, I think you can throw Mo, Mo Salah in there with mm. with Mane being out of the equation now. I think a lot more responsibility is going to you know, rest on his shoulders if it hasn't already. So I think if he has a pretty good score scoring output, I think there's a really good really good conversation there for him winning the award. But can someone like a Declan Rice fit in there, or does no. it have to be a team? No, that no, 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 no. The last time a team. A player like it was like Van Persie and Gareth Bale, right? The last two, yeah. the one outside of the. Top and then where they go back to like Alan Shearer? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what yeah. about what about young player of the year? Well, he's got he's gotten hurt. But I was gonna say Elise is my is my favorite. I I've, really like him. I've got Saliba, as I said before. I really think you know we've got the betting odds here. Well, Harlan's top, Saka, Martinelli, Elise. Jacob Ramsey, Harvey Elliott, Smith Rowe, Gordon, Curtis. I think Jones. Julian Julian Alvarez is just going to surprise so many really? people. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be amazing this season. I really do. I think. I think people are a little off on him just because of Holland being the main guy. I think Alvarez, long term, that's going to be one of City's best ever deals. Hmm. What about you, Matt? Young Player of the Year? Can say Holland again if you want. <laughs> no, no, no. I actually, I think there's a chance that Saka. I mean, depending mm. on where he's utilized by Arteta, I think mm. there's a really good chance that he he gets the award. I just think he's so versatile. And I think the fact that he plays, he can play as a fullback, but he can also play as an attacker and score goals and create, and he's going to get his opportunities at the penalty spot. I think there's a real good opportunity, provided, again, the loophole here, or the, the I guess, asterisk being that Arsenal does get into top four. Yeah. If he gets a top four, I think there's a good chance that Saka can have the year that justifies winning this award. To your point about fullback, I think Arsenal will play some three at the back and him at right wing back at times this season. Mm. So it could that could be interesting. Most improved player of the season. I've got Gabriel Martinelli. I'm going to throw a different player out there, maybe Pulisic. Oh, uh, I was going to pick a Chelsea player. And for me, I think it's a make or break season for him due to the price tag. It's Kai Havertz. Oh, okay. has to. He has to. I'm sorry, to justify this price tag now, it's mm. season three. Is he going to be a false nine? Is he playing out wide? Like, production. You got to show it. And I think I think he's definitely capable enough. So that's just like me throwing a dart. I think Kai it's has to. Maybe Jaden Sancho. I, th- I think he's so good. He had a great 2022, considering yeah. the situation and the team around him. But I just think the team around it, like who actually flourishes at United? Like... Who was the last player that flushed United? Okay, well, how about this then? I'll ask a question for you two. Who is United's player of the season this coming season? <laughs> David De Gea again? I think it's going to be probably being a guy like Rashford, but it's going to be completely underwhelming. No, I think it will be because of recency bias, maybe like Martinez. Maybe. Maybe he comes in, does quite well, and they're like, wow, he can pass the ball from the back. And, <laughs> you know, that's it. And he wins it. That's that. Sometimes happens. Player player comes in and manager. Pep again. I don't think that's going to be voter fatigue. I think you're not wrong. He is the best manager. Besides, I mean, it's him and Claw. I think that it's going to be Mikel Arteta. 
because Ooh. I can't have the prediction I had and not pick Arteta. If Arteta has Arsenal in third place, then he has to be manager. Yeah, year, right? very true. It's very true. So that's what I'm going with. Probably Especially not going to happen. When we win the no league offense. as well, he'll definitely be winning that. Anyway, I think we should wrap up there because yes. uh, otherwise we're just going to be like, okay, what about this one? <laughs> well, no, that was, that, was a, that was a fair last one to bring up. Tantangelo, where can people find you? Congratulations, 15K, by the way, on Twitter. Well-deserved. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore Santangelo. Going to be writing quite a bit for Football Italia. Of course, you guys can also watch me stream live on Twitch after all the Milan matches this year as well. At MilanReports.com. I know where it is. No, I did <laughs> You can find me on my new football account, AFC Pet, on Twitter. Subscribe to the newsletter. And subscribe to my newsletter, Sporting Crypto, sportingcrypto.substack.com. I have to plug for both of you guys. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Martino Puccio. Follow me, uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, uploading a bunch of YouTube shorts. That's that's the future, according to my boss. And then Instagram Reels as well, Martino underscore Puccio, and then all the proper football stuff that you see as well. Reels is insane. And we're going to be bringing some of that stuff to you guys as well with State of Play, some fun topics, short form videos. The second I get in contact with Ty, I'm excited for that. You can find us on Spotify, everywhere else. We're a part of Nineemin Podcast Network. Anything, anything else? I can't, I can't think of anything to plug at this point. You just follow the Twitter at State of Play Pod. <laughs> so yeah, there you have it. Your Premier League preview. Hopefully, come back next week with a league preview if we can get the guests that we want. Other than that, you can listen to some more team.